Welcome to KC Connect, brought to you by IBEX Employer Relations Team. Across this series of short episodes, we will provide insight and expertise on some of the most common challenges for our members and discuss the case law shaping the employer relations landscape. My name is Mairead Crosby, Regional Director, and I'm joined by my colleague Maureen McHenry, EOR Executive. For the next 10 minutes, we will discuss the Supreme Court decision in the case of Morris Power versus HSE, which deals with the topic of acting up and fixed term contracts, and whether a permanent employee who moves to a different role on a fixed term contract basis is precluded from relying on the provisions around contracts of indefinite duration, or CIDs, contained in the Fixed Term Work Act 2003. But firstly, we need to provide context to the facts of the case. And in order to do so, we look at the Protection of Employees Fixed Term Work Act 2003, and in particular, the provisions which are relevant to this case. This legislation was enacted with the aim of preventing abuse arising from the use of successive fixed term employment contracts. And while it can be quite technical, we will look only at the relevant sections and how they are applied. What is a fixed term contract or a fixed term employee? And the Act defines a fixed term employee as a person having a contract of employment entered into directly with the employer, where the end of the contract is determined by arriving at a specific date, completing a specific task or the occurrence of a specific event. Permanent employees is very sparingly defined as an employee who's not a fixed term employee. And the provision of the Act which governs the issue in this particular case is is under Section 9. And there's a number of parts, but primarily where a fixed term employee is employed by his or her employer on two or more continuous fixed term contracts the aggregate duration of such contracts shall not exceed four years. It also calls out that where any term of a fixed term contract purports to contravene that section, that term shall have no effect and the contract concerned shall be deemed to be a contract of indefinite duration. And it also states that the above doesn't apply to a renewal where there are objectives or grounds for a particular renewal. And we're in appreciate and the law is, is very detailed and technical uh, but you've had an opportunity to review this particular case of power versus HSC in more detail and you might take us through that case and how the law was applied to it. Thanks Murray. yes so the law or the law as outlined there is is quite technical so let's look at the facts of this case first and then we look at the application of that law to the facts. So the employee um, in this case, Mr. Morris Power, he was employed by the HSE as a permanent employee since July of 1999, having been appointed as the chief financial officer of a unit within the HSE in January of 2012. Then in October of 2014, he took up the role of interim group CEO of CELTA, which is a unit of the HSE. He was informed by letter that he was appointed on a temporary fixed term basis until the 31st of March 2015 or until the role was filled on a permanent basis, whichever occurred sooner. He was also advised that when his temporary role as CEO ceased, he would revert back to his role as CFO. However, he subsequently entered into a series of further fixed-term contracts until September 2019, so just over five years. 
Mr. Parr then applied for the role of CEO, but was unsuccessful. And she then resumed his position as the Chief Financial Officer of CELTA in September 2019. However, he subsequently claimed that he was entitled to remain in the CEO role on a contract of indefinite duration pursuant to the provisions of the Act that we discussed earlier. So then if we apply the law as outlined by Umerate to those facts, it was initially heard in the WRC. That outcome was appealed to the Labour Court. Then it was appealed to the High Court and subsequently to the Supreme Court. Now, both the WRC and the Labour Court found that Mr. Power was not a fixed term employee, essentially because he was in a permanent relationship with his employer by virtue of his role as chief financial officer. And if he was in, uh, if he was a permanent employee, he could not avail of the provisions of the Fixed Term Workers Act and consequently make a claim that he was entitled to a CID under that act. The Labour Court in their decision obviously then gave priority to the fact that he had a permanent position with the HSE and they decided that he could not also be a fixed term employee. Now, the High Court and the Supreme Court held otherwise. The High Court found that the Labour Court had approached the issue incorrectly. They should have first considered the nature of the five separate contracts pursuant to which he was appointed as interim CEO. And were these fixed term contracts? Again, we touched on that definition earlier and fixed term contracts are contracts where the end of each contract is determined by either arriving at a specific date or the occurrence of a specific event. So very clearly, these five contracts were fixed term contracts as they each had a specific end date. The High Court noted that the purpose of the 2003 Act is to improve the quality of fixed term work and also to eliminate the abuse of successive fixed term contracts, as we already mentioned above. So in circumstances where persons in acting up arrangements are not expressly excluded from the Act, the High Court felt it was incorrect of the Labour Court to interpret the nature of the employment relationship and the acting up contracts in a manner which effectively deprived Mr Power of the benefit of the Act. So Maureen, if you want to bring us then through the subsequent Supreme Court decision. Absolutely. Thank you, Maureen. And uh, very much, as you said, the Supreme Court and the High Court had held differently from the WRC and the Labour Court. And when the HSC appealed this outcome to the Supreme Court, they actually presented a new argument that there was only ever one contract, which was varied to provide for Mr Power to act up to CEO role. And you recall when we discussed Section 9, um, that there was an entitlement to a contract of indefinite duration only arose two or more contracts exceeded four years. And the Supreme Court rejected this argument because it wasn't supported by the contractual documentation. And the Supreme Court also noted that a variation of a contract would not amount to an entirely different role on a higher salary. And I suppose ultimately the Supreme Court found that he was employed on five successive fixed term contracts, which exceeded four years in duration. And he was therefore entitled to a contract of indefinite duration. They also noted that the status of his permanent contract as CFO was not relevant. What was relevant was the nature of the acting up contract. And these were, by definition, a series of fixed term contracts. So I suppose when you look at that and and you you take it and and you sum it up, I suppose firstly, we we note that the acting up arrangements are not contrary to a fixed term workers act, but they will be looked at in the same manner as any other fixed term contract, regardless of the fact that a permanent contract is in the background. 
And if they fall under the provisions of Section 9, which I think we've spoken about in a little bit of detail, um, where there are two or more fixed term contracts and they exceed four years, then the acting up individual may be entitled to a contract of indefinite duration. Yeah, thanks, Marie. And I suppose the other question we would ask is, if it was a genuine acting up scenario, then one would question why it needed to run or why it would need to run for an excess of four years. And I suppose, as we touched on earlier as well, that was the aim and is the aim of the legislation to prevent the abuse of successive fixed term contracts. So thank you very much. We hope you found the above useful. Um, It is quite a technical and sometimes complex area. And if you are considering engaging or renewing employees on fixed term contracts, we would urge you to contact your IBEC executive for advice. Thank you very much, Mern. A pleasure. Uh, And that concludes this episode. Thank you for listening. For more content like this, be sure to explore the audio hub on ibec.ie and follow IBEC on Twitter at IBEC underscore IRL.